Sam, it's been a little while. It has been. How are you doing, Chris? I'm hanging in there. Been uh, been busy, and I think you have too. Hence, not recording for two weeks here. Uh, yeah, I think it's been actually three almost. Uh, it's it's been a little bit a little bit of time, and and yeah, like you said, I don't really have any personal updates because I have been so heads down the last uh, two weeks, especially. You know, I'm talking 10, 12 hour days stop for just to shovel some food in my mouth and, and get back to coding. It's just been kind of a crazy, crazy time. But not only is the light at the end of the tunnel, I think we've passed through the tunnel and I'm on the other side and we have launched quick carts along with a whole bunch of other other features within Text Retailer. I got to say, I'm feeling feeling tired, but very relieved and excited for what this means for the future of Text Retailer. Wow. So launched. These things are live. Customers are using them. Yeah, they're live. They're they're out there. The system didn't completely burn down, so that's that's good. So <laughs> that's always a bonus. <laughs> it didn't come collapsing down, but no, everything's everything's uh, looking good so far. So awesome! I've really been in a similar boat. I mean, heads down, building, building, building. Probably not doing ten to twelve hour days, but you know, we'll call them eight to ten, including weekends. So yeah, I haven't really been taking much time off here. And I do have to say, I've I've been trying to keep the weekends sacred. So that's why the, the, the five days, I kind of compress it in there. I definitely try to keep that Saturday and Sunday as clean as possible. Just to, because, I mean, my wife's been a rock star during this, this time. She's, she's the one that's taking care of the kids and they're, they're long days for her too. So I think both of us at the, you know, come the weekend, we need that, that break. And so I try to try to keep that, keep that going. But that, that's why these days are just so big, uh, because it's all compressed into the weekday. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Mine has been stretched out, but still big and still getting stuff done. So we've got a ton to talk about. What if we shake things up a little bit? What if we focus on your updates this time around, really see what you've been building and then hop back on the mic here next week? I can reveal a few, a few things. Yeah, I'm game for that. Yeah. We'll uh, put me on the interview table and, and uh, go to town. Yeah, that sounds great. That's right. So quick carts launched. That's the biggest thing. Tell me about that. We touched on quick carts before. Yes. Wasn't just Quick Carts. So Quick Carts is kind of the shiny object reveal that was the result of a ton of infrastructure and kind of schema changes that I did. So just to give you everyone a reminder, when when Text Retailer first launched, it was a fairly simple concept in the sense that you have your list of text subscribers and then that merchant can send out a campaign basically a mass text message that features a product. And those customers can purchase that product simply by replying with yes or with a quantity that they want to buy. And so when I first built this, the the concept of a product was the same as the concept of a campaign. So when you built a campaign, you put in all your product information into the campaign itself and they were tightly coupled. They were basically the same concept. And after kind of seeing how merchants, you know, use the pro- platform a little bit more and having some of these bigger ideas, it became very clear that we needed to separate the concept of a product from the concept of a campaign and so that they can be edited separately, reused. I mean, that was the one thing that we were seeing, even though a, a, a merchant might be sending out the same product campaign, they might want to send different verbiage to different segments of their list. And so they would end up copying this campaign, which essentially has the same product, 
but now it's a copy of that that product and the, those campaigns are copied and each individual campaign had its own inventory tracker which didn't make a whole lot of sense because you're pulling from the same product and so there was just a lot of lessons learned after seeing how merchants actually used it and so that separation of the products from the campaign was one of the big updates that happened so that that was good and that actually paved the way for the concept of quick carts and the quick carts are basically a web-based checkout platform. It's kind of e-commerce light is what I like to talk about. And so the merchant can take all these products that they now have, dump it into a visual checkout screen that they can then send that checkout screen, that quick cart to customers, either through a text message or a QR code or even an email. I like this because it gets us out of the pure text play and it, it kind of gets us into the other worlds of other, of marketing when it comes to e-commerce. And so the quick carts is really interesting, but now we have this problem where people can add multiple items to their cart. And so now they can add, they can have multiple order or items in a single order. Well, that's not how it was built originally. <laughs> so now we have to change how orders are handled and that they can handle multiple items. And when you start revamping how you define a product, how you define a campaign and how you define an order, well, that's pretty much 95% of what text retailer is. And so in order to rebuild all of that, it made me rebuild basically all of text retailer over the last five weeks. And so it's been a huge sprint and a, like I said, a major update, but I'm really excited to get it out. So that was a lot that I just threw at you. I know. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a lot. Uh, <laughs> so the schema changes, changing everything. You had to do this kind of with live customers as well, right? So, so you've got to make sure everything's backwards compatible. Right. So it, it really was, I, I like to say that we had version one and version two. And so not only did we have to continue to support version one, but I also needed to build and test version two. And you're absolutely right. So there's, there's definitely pieces of the code, which are essentially a split of if the campaign is still a version one campaign, do all of this stuff. If it's a version two campaign, handle it this way. And so that that's probably the biggest juggling act that I've had since starting with text retailer, because you're right with, with live customers, it's no longer just a, oh, I can blow up the whole schema, start over because, you know, no one's there, which would have been a lot easier, <laughs> but it's the fact that but we at have least live... you're able to have a split. Like, so you yeah. can, you yeah, can yeah. treat existing campaigns as one version and then new campaigns as another. I say that at least because one of the things we're dealing with when we did all and are just finishing up our schema updates is we had to migrate, you know, all the original fixtures to the new schema. So w there was a migration step in there, but were you able to get totally away from the migration? No, I still had to do some of that because in addition to in addition to the different versions, I realized that the way that we're storing orders, frankly, it was a, a relational da database that shouldn't have been stored that way. I, I saw that this was also an opportunity to just completely switch over to, to Mongo for how we store our orders so that they can expand over time and add new and, and adjust the schema. So we did have a migration process where I had to migrate all the old order data into the new schema. And that all had to happen basically all at once when we flipped the switch. And so it was a, yeah, it was a big ordeal of rolling code, doing a migration, hoping that everything kind of stays stays good <laughs> all while having live customers and live text messages coming in. So that was on Wednesday. We we're recording on Friday. So that was a couple of days ago. And it was a long, long day. A couple of days ago that you actually flipped the switch. Yes, and, actually okay. flipped it a couple of days ago. So and and yesterday was a lot of 
for the most part, everything was was good, but there was still th- some things that I missed and some minor bugs, a lot of cosmetic stuff, kind of cleaning up all of that yesterday. And, and this morning, I'm feeling feeling really good of where where things are at. So we'll, we'll kind of keep I'm going to keep an eye on it for today and the rest of the weekend and fix things as fast as I possibly can as soon as I see issues. Were you actually discovering those bugs or did you have customers writing in saying, hey, this is a problem? It was a combination of both. So there's a few things that I was doing. Obviously, I was just staring at logs, you know, and so if, if any kind of critical errors came in, that would be a big tip off. It was also, I had some notifications from customers. Those were more on the interface side, you know, and more related with quick cards because it was a new feature. And so they'd be kind of playing around with the system be like, hey, this doesn't seem right. And so they'd report a bug and I'd be able to clean that up and fix it. The other thing that I was doing immensely, and and, and I'll, I'll definitely be talking about this in the stuff we're into segment, is the log rocket. So I use log rocket to do all of the, some of our logging. But it, what's great about that is it also records video. So I've been watching so much video of the merchants interacting with the platform, the customers interacting with the platform, and just seeing where they get hung up on. And a lot of times... If it's not a direct bug, it's like, oh, this doesn't make sense to them. And it gives me an opportunity to kind of change things, which is nice. We use LogRocket too, and, and I love it. Not not sponsored. Uh, yeah. LogRocket, <laughs> if, you, if you want to, come on board. We love LogRocket for the exact yeah, same fantastic. reason. And I think you, you, I was on Sentry, uh, I think it was before, which was, which was fine. It did everything that I wanted to do before, it did some of the video, but I like, I like Log, no, it didn't do video. That was, that was the big change. I like LogRocket because it monitors your logs and it finds those those errors, which is incredibly important on the, the JavaScript side because sometimes you'll get errors that, that come in and you just, the server never sees them. And so it, it gives you some monitoring there, but it combines those those logging errors with video. So you can see the full session, how someone hit that error, error condition, and it really just gives you a full story. So it kind of combines log monitoring with Hotjar or something like it and, and puts it all in one nice little package. So... That's my plug too. I love it. <laughs> yeah, pretty slick. Okay, so Quick Carts had a couple little UI bugs, but nothing major, it sounds like. Were there any showstoppers? Anything that was major that caused you heartache there for a minute? We have two types of, in addition to two, you know, the version one campaigns and the version two campaigns, those can also be split into Shopify campaigns versus non-Shopify campaigns. And most of our users right now are are non-Shopify. So those all were were perfectly fine and great. And there was some issues with the Shopify campaigns, version one Shopify campaigns post-launch, <laughs> if, if you can follow that. So basically the merchants sent their campaign out on Tuesday, so before our launch, but then they had some straggling orders that came in after the launch on Wednesday for that version one campaign, those actually didn't, those caused a fit. So we had to do some cleanup for those merchants and and allow them to get around that with some manual orders and things like that. So they'll be good for version two campaigns, but it it definitely was kind of this in-between no man's land situation. Did it cause any lost orders or were you able to salvage any orders that did come in? Well, first of all, there was only a handful uh, and the merchants were able to fulfill them manually. So we have a manual order feature that the merchants have. So the use case for this is, you know, let's say a merchant sends out a, a campaign and it asks the, the customer to reply with the quantity. Well, sometimes people will reply with, I want three of those for my nephew, Jimmy, you know, and the system's not going to parse through that. And so that gets passed through to the merchant as a conversation that merchant can then see that there's an obvious order intent, create an order on the customer's behalf, and then manually reply back to him saying, hey, yep, we got your order. It's all good. 
and and you're ready to go. So they were able to handle it through that manual process. Great. I'm curious, did you give customers a heads up before this switch happened? Yeah. So that's that was another part of my last couple of weeks was it was definitely heads down coding, but it was also current customer relations. A, it was partially giving them a preview of, hey, here's quick carts and here's what you can do with that. So start thinking about this. It's coming out in a few weeks. And that got people really, really excited. So much so that it was it was interesting because on Monday and Tuesday, not only from current customers, but potential customers that I've been talking to as well, I've gotten more emails this week of, when are you going to be, when is this thing live? Are you still on track? I mean, is it coming? And so that was definitely one of the big motivators to push for these bigger days because the customer base is very hungry for these updates and what what it means for them. Because they can just, now they can use and sell products, not only through text messaging, but a whole different different ways. And so they're really excited about that. So yeah, so a lot of this has been, was talking to customers and kind of giving them a preview. Hey, this is coming out. I didn't give them an exact date. I didn't want to lock into a, we are launching at 5 p.m. on Wednesday or something like that. So it was more of a gut feeling like I'm ready. I think everything's pretty good. Woke up Wednesday morning and said, yep, this is the day and just <laughs> rolled it and <laughs> rolled it, monitored and fixed as things, <laughs> as things hit the fan. So let's get into the weeds there for a minute. This is kind of selfishly for my own, own learning from you because we're going to be doing some customer communication soon too. So did you send out an email to all customers saying, hey, here's a preview? Did you send it to some customers? How did that start? It was a one-to-one individual customer reach out. And I have the benefit that I, you know, you can make an argument that I'm sitting at about a dozen customers right now that are actively using the platform. So it's not a huge number that I had to get a hold of. But no, it was definitely a customized, personalized message that went out to each individual one saying, hey, we have this new feature. Want to get something on your calendar? Want to give you a preview? Sometimes it would be there with screenshots. It kind of depended on the, the customer and, you know, if I thought this would be a good good fit for them and how they might be interested in using it. So yeah, it was that that single reach out, get something on the calendar and talk to them individually. What percentage of folks replied and actually set something up? I would say 70, 80, a vast majority of them were interested in this. And part of it was, you know, just being able to say, I have this really neat thing that can be used for X. And so it was a partially, it was a carrot and a stick type of thing <laughs> where like, Hey, we're going to be doing this big revamp. It's going to be good for you. And frankly, most of, most of the stuff doesn't apply to the customer. You know, the merchant doesn't, shouldn't know that we completely changed our database schema and our structure. The interface for the most part is identical, but things need to work and it needs to be there. So most of this update was kind of boring behind the scenes stuff that they didn't need to know. So I could do a lot of hand waving with that. And it really was more for, hey, we're we're rolling out this quick carts and you're going to see some changes to how how campaigns are built. Just expect that to come up. And you did not give them a date. You just said it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, I I really in the early conversations which I started having early October, I said we or our our goal is by end of the month, which would mean by October 31st, we missed that by a few days, but that was really the the closest indication that that I gave to anyone as far as the timeline. So wanted to let them know that it was close. It was coming up in a few weeks, but not an exact expect this on, on X date. Yeah. Yep. And then customers were excited. You went heads down and then suddenly it came out. What was your announcement like? Well, I have yet to do that for the, 
for the announcement. So I, that's my plan for, for next week is to put together. I really wanted to make things sure things are stable. So everyone has access to quick carts right now. All the merchants do, but I haven't really announced it yet to all the merchants. So I want to put together a more formal marketing email that goes out to all of the, all of the per- people on, on the, uh, the text retailer list, customers or not. And basically say, here's what quick carts are, have a video kind of, and try to drive some excitement. So that's going to happen next week. So that's partially a marketing effort as well as just uh, informing customers, Hey, here's this new thing that's going to be showing in your, in your interface that you're going to see. Have you thought about doing any kind of published change log or or something like that to update customers? Have I thought about it? Yes. (laughs) 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 Yeah. The, the bandwidth required to to maintain something like that, I, I think would be difficult by myself at this point, or at least I think, I don't know, I'd have to think about that a little bit more because this, we, we kind of touched on this in past episodes where once quick carts are out, which they are now, there's some smi- small tweaks that I want to do and some improvements to them, but I am really getting close to thinking about text retailers version one complete. And when that happens, I think that can kind of change how I use my day to day. So there might be opportunity to bring some of those other nice to haves into the mix. I mean, because honestly, all of October, I was just coding <laughs> virtually every day. It was, it was customer, current customer relations and coding. And yeah, I had a handful of demos for some potential customers, but for the most part, it was just maintaining what I currently have. That makes sense. I, I've thought about doing it as well. I'm actually not even that worried about the bandwidth because I think you could do it in a pretty low fidelity way. You know, what I've always thought about is okay. One sentence for a headline feature, maybe two, and then some bullet points for bug fixes and other things. My concern is more actually around setting a precedent, you know, which isn't to say we don't want to keep rolling out new features indefinitely. But at the same time, like you said, you know, you're looking at being feature complete for version one right now. Maybe you want to wait and focus on marketing and other things and not roll out anything substantially new for a period of time. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's an excellent point because if you look at what we've rolled out over October and these next coming weeks, because they're, they're relatively easy to do. Oh, we're adding this new feature to quick carts or you can do this now. The impression that momentum has stopped right or wrong, you know, it's, it's there from, from the customer perspective potentially. But then again, that also assumes that your customers need and care about a change log. I mean, I think that's a big deal for if you're catering to a developer community or something like that. I just, I just don't know if my, my customers being e-commerce merchants are going to take the time to really see that. And so I, what I try to do though, is I try to do a monthly, I have dropped the ball the last couple of months, but I'm going to pick it up again. It's just a monthly newsletter that goes out to everyone on the list, customers included saying, here's what's new with text retailer. I know Savvy Cal does that. A lot of other SaaS companies that I use or follow do that as well. And that's just a nice way to kind of package up all those change logs or change items, put a more marketing spin on it and just say, here's what's going on. Here's what's new. And it keeps those current customers informed as well as people that are on the fence that, hey, maybe they have that new feature that I'm just that I was waiting for. Now it's available. Yeah, I like that a lot too. In fact, as we were talking, I just brought up the the Savvy Cal October edition. And I was curious to know if it's actually been a monthly thing. You know, have they stuck to that rhythm or has it been kind of sporadic? So put them on the hot seat here. Yeah, it looks pretty. I'm looking at it now. It looks at least reasonably consistent. So yeah, I think they could do a good job with that. And on a tangent on that, I think he is using that 
to push his annual plans. I think that was a big thing that he put in there is there's always a section or recently there's a section of like, hey, upgrade to our annual plans. And that sounds like it's been a good good driver for him. And so you can actually get some revenue out of those monthly update emails. Yeah, to keep the tangent going, he got me on the the annual plan. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> he, he got me. No, I, I happily did it. I, I actually yeah. love Savvy Kelly. Yeah, I, I do use too. it for a lot of things. So was more than happy to keep him going with that. But it was interesting because I got an email that was uh, a little bit personalized. I mean, it basically said something to the effect of, just reply to this email and let me know you want to jump to an annual plan and we'll take care of everything else. So it was really informal. There was no barrier to like click a link and, and actually go through the process yeah. for me. In fact, I was on vacation and just skimming my emails when I got it and just thought, oh yeah, cool. Quick reply, good to go for annual. And that was that. So props to them. There's something to be said for that because yes, it's a it's a non-scalable quote unquote way to do things. But think about what they didn't have to build out. They didn't have to build out some special interface to get you to go in and, and update to an annual plan. They might already have that in the, in the platform already where they could have sent you to that, that page and you have to log in and, and go through that process and kind of get familiar. But like you said, it's so simple. Just get that email. Yep. You convinced me, but all, if all I have to do is reply yes, or this sounds great in an email and it's done and taken care of you. I mean, that convenience factor goes so far. And frankly, that's the that's the basis of text retailer. That's kind of our value prop is just make it so dead simple for the customer to buy, remove all the barriers. You already have their credit card. And so it's easy to do it. And then you as the merchant or you as Savvy Cal goes out and actually does the hard work for them, which you're happy to do because you're upgrading someone to an annual plan. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm picturing, Sam, a uh, text message campaign going out to your merchants ready to upgrade and they can just reply with yes. Well, and that's funny because kind of talking about the long-term vision that I have for for text retailer, there's no reason that we can't start dogfooding some of our stuff. And the thing that I really like about the quick cart concept is one of the ideas down the line, and I'll talk a little bit about some of the marketing things that are going to happen when it comes to quick carts. I now have the tools that we can set up probably a demo store of some kind where we're featuring these quick carts, have sample products, whether they're text retailer branded, or even point people to some of our actual merchants, quick carts and say, here's what that experience looks like. Because again, they're going to be coming in to text retailer, the marketing site. And so experiencing it through that. So this gives us something more tangible on the online presence to be able to show in addition to that, that text messaging aspect too. Do you think you'd open it up to everybody and put it right there on the marketing site? I think so. Yeah. Especially if we get you look at Bolt and Fast and these other kind of payment platform companies. I know with Fast, they've done, they had a huge campaign a while back where they were selling $5 hoodies, you know, get your $5 hoodie and it had the Fast logo. And that was a huge win for them. Not only does it get your marketing out out there, I mean, you're giving basically free swag out to, to people for $5, but it shows the experience of what people need to go through in order to make that purchasing process. So if it's as simple as go to this website, click a few buttons and check out and you're all set, that's a pretty great experience. We could do the similar thing of like, hey, text this number or scan this QR code. You'll get an offer sent right to your phone. Check out, buy a $5 t-shirt or a $5 hoodie and it's all powered by text retailer. Do you think that's something that you would seriously consider? Where does that fall on your marketing roadmap? Probably early next year, but yes, that's that's kind of 
I, I still need to kind of <laughs> figure that out. But that that's a that's a big next step in general is revamping the marketing site because obviously, you know, we have the reply to buy technology now, but with these quick cards, it, it really does open us up to a completely different market in type of merchants in the sense that there's gonna be some well, some of my current merchants, as I was kind of talking through what a quick card is for them, they see this as a big opportunity for their email campaigns because now they can send out an email campaign that talks about maybe one or two products. The bottom of that, it has a nice little click here to order. They click that button. It takes them over the quick cart, which it has those exact two products. And all the person has to do is add them to the cart, check out. And if we already have their credit card and their shipping information, it's literally two clicks from the email to buying the, the product and they don't have to get out their card or anything like that. So it really is that one click checkout process for email, which is really exciting. And so, yeah, we could, we could get into a whole different merchant segments for those that just want to use the quick card feature for their email campaigns and not even touch the text messaging. All right. So have to ask text retailer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I should have uh, a little short-sighted on the name, huh? Yeah, we could have cut up with something that that doesn't mean anything to anyone and and built a brand off of it. So, yeah, we'll we'll see if a rebrand has to happen. Yeah, that's that's in the back of my mind, definitely. Well, you said you're revamping the marketing site. So, would a rebrand happen at that time or are you going to roll with text retailer just highlight the main features in the the marketing site and worry about it later? Yeah, I I view quick carts as still a text forward products. I mean, again, you can, you can send them through a text message, you can send them through an email, or you can actually scan with a QR code, but it's, it's that sending it via a text message is still going to be kind of our main emphasis. So I do view it as a feature within text retailer and it's email marketing is as an industry is already super crowded. So I think by being that text play in general, that gets us more, there's less competition out there and the ability to stand out seems possible. And so we can kind of use that as the foot in the door and then expand them to, oh, you can also use this quick card feature for all these other things if you want to do that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, at least for the stage you're in right now. And you can worry about it later, which is kind of a nice thing. I think if we have, you know, once we've either raised a ton of money or have tons of customers, then we can put the time forward for a rebrand. But I, I don't think that right now is the the time. But I do need to revamp the, the marketing site. That's that's for sure. So I have plans for that in in the sense that I want to highlight these new features, really go deeper in the content. And I think the big change or the big realization that I came to a couple of weeks ago is I have no business mucking around with a WordPress site. It's not really, it's something I can do, but it's not the best use of my time. And so I've decided that I'm definitely going to be outsourcing the revamping of the the marketing sites. I'm still going to come up with copy, still going to kind of give the direction on that, but the actual implementation, the actual execution, I'm going to outsource to an agency. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a big shift. It kind of is. It's just, it's realizing, well, (laughs) there's, there's a few things going on here. It's, it's realizing that that text retailer, it's no longer a side project. It's no longer a proof of concept. It really is a f- solid product and one that I'm going to be working on for for hopefully the the long future. And so it's it's putting deciding to put some resources into it and saying, you know, let's let's make a run at this and realize how to maximize my time. And so 
there's an agency that I've worked with for for many years on many projects, Creative Melon. Kevin there is fantastic to work with. They're more on the graphic design side. And so I've used them for a lot of graphic design stuff, but they do have experience with with WordPress sites as well. And so I'm just excited to kind of give them a free reign because I'm always the bottleneck. (laughs) Every time we talk, (laughs) I'm the one that's holding up all the projects all the time. And so I'm really excited to just be, you know what, you guys have full reign. Here's your budget. Let's do this and, and go. I love it. I mean, as you know, a few months ago, I went all in and, and kind of used that as a forcing function too and said, okay, I'm going to put some resources into this. And it sounds like now you're doing the same thing with this marketing agency. Yeah, it's it's not going to be as as all in as you are now with with your your staff that you've hired. Although I'm I'm thinking about that as well, but it's definitely that first step towards let's move from a just proof of concept. Now I have a product. Now let's move from a product to a company and and go from there. So yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I have in, in terms of marketing. The other thing is one of the really interesting things that's happened, especially in, in October, is I've been talking to a lot of potential customers and nearly 100% of them mentions the service wine text. And so we'll, I'll get through my, my pitch of like, here's what it's at. And like, have you ever heard of this thing called wine text? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it. It was actually the basis for the inspiration for text retailer. And we kind of talked through that. And so I'm, I've just been really interested in how these individuals have found me because obviously if they love wine text, they get the concept of buying through text message. So they, I don't have to sell them on the idea. It's more of you can do everything that wine text does plus all of this other stuff. So we really are the better, best platform for you. So how are these customers finding you? Through Google searches. So they're doing deep dives into wine text to try to figure out how it was built. If there's other services out there, I have a blog post out there that kind of says, here's how you can build your own wine text that talks through the kind of the high level of that. What I'm realizing is that's starting to get some traction, not great, but some. And so I'm really going to be doubling down on my, my wine text related content. So writing a lot of articles about wine text because it's a good keyword. It's not crowded. The people that are searching deep dives into this are my potential customers. And so right now it's a really decent source. So I want to amp that up a little bit more. Do you need the new marketing site unveiled to do that? Or can you start now? I, I can definitely start now because I mean, it takes a little while for those, those blog articles to, to pick up some traction. It would be nice, you know, with all things, as soon as you release a new feature, you would love to have the new marketing done yesterday. So you can, you know, show everyone off the new, new amazing stuff that you have, the shiny new object, but it's going to take some time. So my goal is to have a new marketing site done by, by end of year, if not sooner, that at least mentions some of these things has a better organization, better value prop for all the lessons that I've learned as far as who my potential customers are over the last year. Do you see marketing then as your focus through the rest of the year and and maybe beyond? Partially. The other half is some infrastructure improvements. So we, I learned some lessons <laughs> during this big sprint of <laughs> developing quick carts and the biggest one is when I say that this thing was was a proof of concept and built on duct tape and bubble gum. That's that's a hundred percent true, you know. So text retailer as a, as the code base lives on the exact same server as my other company, Text Textiful does. So instead of going out and doing its own instance and starting fresh, I put it on top of the existing server that we have for Textful. And the main reason for that is that server was already optimized for the environment that I have built up with, you know, for, with the workers that we have, 
that, that process messages behind the scenes for the, just the, the server setup was, was already there. And I'm not a server guy. I'm not a DevOps guy. I hate doing server maintenance. And so the thought of starting fresh really didn't want to do that. And so I cut the corner, you know, put that tech debt in and it, I came to fruition or I, I realized that it needs to pay off. And so that's something I really need to do is get text retailer into its own environment, get a full, test environment set up that can mirror prod that I can just start pounding and getting messages on, on it. And so I really just get more, more professional with the development stack that I have. What's your stack look like right now? Are you just on a single digital ocean box or something or? Yeah, it's, it's a dedicated server. It's not digital ocean, but uh, it's a dedicated server, but the databases that I'm running are AWS databases. And so they're doing a, you know, secure remote link that I'd like to bring all in house, get someone that knows what they're doing with AWS. I've tried to learn it. It's, it's complicated. There's a lot going on there. And so I really want to bring in, find a DevOps contractor that's familiar with DevOps that can set up my environments correctly, you know, put together that virtual network on AWS, get the new new servers talking to the databases in a nice secure way. Hopefully that does some prevent some latency that I'm experiencing right now and speeds up the entire platform. So, so there's things that I want to do that I just frankly haven't haven't done because it, it was still proof of concept and didn't know if it was going to go. But now now I need to put some resources behind it. Would you go full in serverless or some sort of hybrid, or are you going to defer to the DevOps contractor you find to advise you? I don't see going serverless just because that's not in my wheelhouse as a developer. So I think what I need them to do is set up a EC2 instance that is kind of mirrored what we currently have, do dedicated boxes. I'll definitely talk to them if they have some some advice, but really I need kind of that more traditional dedicated box that we can tinker with that I can run my my code base on directly. I, I don't foresee going serverless at this point, just, just because that's not the type of developer that I am. Uh, and I don't want to be losing time to learning a whole new new skill set at this point. Yeah, I we are fully serverless and it's a lot. I mean, it definitely puts some constraints on who you can hire with you as, as the lead developer. Obviously, if you're not a serverless guru, you'd have to learn a decent amount. Yeah, we ultimately for us I think it's the right decision because that's just where we need to be for for some of the scale. It, it is a lot and there's definitely some some downsides to it that we're we're hitting as well. Well, and and that's true. I mean, when you look at your service, you guys have such a high volume of data that you're dealing with that you're moving back and forth and that in itself has some challenges, but I think just being able to yeah, to wrangle that and to to get optimized, and that, and, and frankly, that that's that's kind of how I've always viewed things: is just build it out, <laughs> get it out there, get it out into the real world, make sure it works, see if there's a response, and optimize later. And I need to get more into that that optimize now. I mean, I feel the same way. Don't optimize prematurely. That's just silly. Unfortunately, in our business, because we are dealing with so much data, we yeah. had to build out a lot right away. Right, 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 right. Cool. Well, Sam, you've got a, yeah, got a lot going on. Nice to keep kind of churning, but I'm sure you need a break too. It was just kind of interesting doing some self-reflection over the week. And especially today, I just, like I said, I woke up, I'm a little tired, (laughs) you know, I'm looking forward to the weekend, but man, the amount of relief 
that I have now that it's out there because there's especially the way that I was developing and the environments that we have, all of this stuff was in my head, just swirling. And now I can finally get it out and it's, it's in the code base. It's done. It's in production. I'm just one instance and I'm not trying to deal with version one versus version two. It's all version two now. And so that's going to be much much simpler moving forward. And I'm looking forward to next week where I can go and just rip out all that version one stuff and do a code purge. I'm really excited about that. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I mentioned it earlier, but LogRocket is my my thing that I'm into right now. It's just It's just super cool to watch how people interact with it and it's about as close as you can get to that that user experience research and just seeing how people are clicking around you're you're making some inferences you can't ask them directly but you can tell when someone gets stuck on a piece or an interface that you've put out and it just gets the wheels turning on how to improve that feature and how to make it better so it's been really fun watching people interact with the new new platform and the the new interface awesome yeah i've been into a, a service myself here uh called aws workspaces We've got kind of a unique need in our business of having to interact a lot with Windows desktop software and make sure that we're, we're compatible with certain programs out there. Problem is, not a single one of us on the dev team are Windows guys. So we've got a mix of, of Mac and Linux, and we don't have a ton of copies of this software. So AWS Workspaces lets you spin up a fully functioning Windows desktop environment wow in almost it's a native app but it feels like a browser it's right. slow so you know there's some latency and it takes a little bit to boot up so that's a pain but all of us can access it i mean we just have different usernames you can use it on mac you can use it on linux you can even use it i haven't tried but on uh, ios devices and it's just oh, wow. this little app shell and you've got a <laughs> windows interface to go to town on that's great that's cool yeah i can see I could see needing something like that and it prevents you from having that hardware farm where you have every device <laughs> sitting up and like, oh, now we have to go test on that, you know, on the PC down down the hallway. And and so just to have that all virtualized is really nice. Yeah, it's been pretty slick so far for our use case. So AWS workspaces. Excellent. Well, Chris, this is uh, great to catch up with you. Really excited to hear your update next time. And um yeah, <laughs> we'll go from there. Hope, hope everything's going well and we'll, we'll talk soon. Have a great and relaxing weekend. I will. You can, you can rest assured on that.